I get it. <laughs> All the grandparents said amen. Do you want to indulge me just for a moment? Um, I think most people know Jesse and Camille. Yeah. Um, Jesse's my son-in-law. And they, they had a little person, first grandchild. That's um, Chicago. And lots of singing and stuff happened in that household. So I hope this comes through the microphone. This is... This is Chicago, um, ably assisted by her sound mixing father. Anyway, that was my <laughs> that was my little grandparent chair. <laughs> uh, I think God might have something for her to do <laughs> later on. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want to talk about trust this morning. Trust. Very important, um, very important element of our walk with God. And uh, trust is an area that um, Oh, we'll get into that. You can trust in anything. But when I, and you will have heard me talk about this before because it, it um, <laughs> had a very great impact on me. When I started at the school in 1985, I was born again. I was born again as an 11-year-old. But as a 22-year-old, I wasn't walking with God. <laughs> and, uh, and I had the responsibility of bringing um, or presenting memory verses to my class. And I, I thought, what am I going to do with that? So Wilma, in all her wisdom, said, look through Psalms and Proverbs and what jumps out at you, um, you, you share. And one of the first ones was Proverbs 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. That was one of the very, very first things that, that I shared with kids. But you know what God was doing? <laughs> he, was, he was saying, that's what I want you to do. That's what I want for you. I'll, um, I'll read it out of the Passion Translation. I, I, I know it off by heart from the New King James, but this is the Passion Translation. Trust in the Lord completely and do not... Rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on him to guide you and he will lead you in every decision you make. Do you believe that this morning? Because <laughs> it's, it's fine to have it, have it written there, but what do we do with it? Do we believe it? Is that something that we believe? If we believe it, there are actions that will follow from that. 
and the end result will be exactly what God says. He will lead us. He will lead us in every decision we make. And I was presented with something. Um, I just want to jump back in that word opinions. Do not rely on your own opinions. <laughs> I was presented with something. It might have been last year now. A, a teaching. Someone was teaching one of the other ministries in the, in the city. And he, he, he just laid it out pretty, pretty good, pretty well. Uh, understood it really, really well. Had an understanding already. But he talked about dogma, doctrines and opinions. Now, dogma, it is incontrovertibly true principles. There are things in, the, in, in, in Scripture we just don't argue about. We, you know, the, the, the Trinity, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, one God in three persons agreeing as one completely. Now, if you don't believe that, the Jehovah's Witness halls um, in, in, um, down, down there somewhere. But that's a dogma of the Christian faith. The virgin birth. Jesus' death and resurrection. They are dogmas. They are, they are foundational. They are fundamental. We, we, you take them out, you go and... You go and you know, there's a Buddhist temple out near my place. Because you don't have them. You don't have Christianity. You don't have a Christian faith. They are dogmas. And then there's doctrines. Doctrines are sets of beliefs and teachings. Now, there are different teachings across the, across the, 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 the body of Christ, the church world, on certain things. And do you understand that that some of the things that we, we teach are correct. They might be a little bit different than something someone else teaches on the same subject, but sometimes they are also correct because we each have parts. We each have parts of a whole picture. We don't have the whole picture. God is producing the whole picture within his church. And in, in, in that, you know, there are, there are also doctrines of demons, and I'm not talking about, about those sort of things. But there are things that, that we have that are true, and somebody else will have another part of it that is true, but we, we need the complete truth. So there are, there are doctrines, there are teachings, and then there's opinions. Then there's opinions. This is the, this is the definition. A view or judgment not necessarily based on fact or knowledge. But how often do we go to opinions in our interactions? How often does our, is our life governed by our opinions? Well, I think. Well, why do you think that? Well, I just think that. You know, I've, I've shared with you before... I, I, I had someone one day, I had a beard, and, 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 and they, they shared with me that they, they thought that um, um, no ministry in the church should have facial hair. Okay, I don't know how that worked for Jesus, but uh, what was that? It was an armpit. It was an opinion. That's Rodney Howard Brown. <laughs> Opinions are like armpits. Everybody's got them, and, and they're... 
can be a bit whiffy sometimes. Well, he said they stink, but, you know. <laughs> so opinions are not a good basis to live your life by. It is not. Trust is. So trust. Now, I'm a teacher. That's what God's given me to do. So I, I like to go into definitions of words because the English language is not the original languages of, of, of Scripture. It's, it's, it's Hebrew and it's Greek. And even those languages, language is, is conceptual. It, it cannot convey the entire meaning. It, 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 language is an intellectual um, function. We, we understand it in our brain, but we've got to get stuff in our heart. And then that's why sometimes in Scripture you, you, you get the writers really struggling to be able to express what they know in their heart using language. Because sometimes it just doesn't cut it. However, having said that, <laughs> I like to have a look at the English words that, that uh, translate in the Bible and go back to the, to the definition in the original languages that it was written because it's very, very helpful. So trust, to trust, this is the word from Proverbs 3.5, trust in the Lord, to trust, be confident or sure, be bold. When you trust in the Lord, you can have a boldness that is not there in, in, any, other, in any other element. The word, the word careless is, is used as well, and I find that really interesting. Because how often do we tell people to be careful? Be careful. Be careful. What's that mean? Be full of care. Now, I know what, I know what we're... This is where language sort of breaks down. Because I know what we're saying. Um, you, you know, we tell a little bloke. When he, if he's near a high thing, be careful. Okay? What are we saying? Don't put yourself at, at injury. That's what we're saying. But... And we say, well, careless, that's not a good thing. But to have care, uh, the Bible says, cast your care. Be careless. Cast your care. Because care and worry are, are like this. Okay? They're, they're almost, they're almost inter, inter, interchangeable. So to be careless is to have cast our care on God and say, okay, that's yours, Lord. I'm not going to worry about it. I trust. I cast my care. That's where that word careless comes from. And to make to hope. To make to hope. <laughs> hope is very powerful. Now, there are words in the, in the English Bible, English translations, that there are different words in the, in the original that are, are translated as the one word. So love, for example. We, we've got love in the Bible, all through the Bible. But there are five Greek words that, are translated, that we translate as love. And they mean very, very different things. So there's another word, trust, in, in the Bible. And 
sometimes it's translated as confidence, trust and confidence. Um, in, in, interchangeable. It's the same word in the in the um, in the original language. Um, and it's Greek. Now, um, that word means to convince by argument, true or false. Okay, so trust and confidence to convince by argument, true or false. Okay, so we've we've been through a period of time where we've had. Um, bodies, governments, organisations that have basically said, trust us. Safe and effective. Trust us. Trust us. We're going to cede our sovereignty to the United Nations. Trust us. No. No. So to convince by argument, true or false... So you can trust in something that is completely untrue. And we've been through that. And there are still large sections of our society that are trusting stuff that are completely false. Truth's coming. To pacify or conciliate. This is trust. This is, these are the words trust and confidence in different verses in the Bible. To pacify or conciliate. Oh, it's a bad situation, but just trust me. Just trust me. Calm down. Just don't, 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 don't get upset about this. Just, just trust me. To pass assent to authority. That's a beauty, isn't it? There's our government. Just, just, cede your, just cede the authority of who God made you to be to your government, and, and they will, they'll look after you. Hallelujah. So trust is like money. <laughs> it is neither good nor bad. It just is. Money just is. You can use money for good purpose or evil purpose. The money itself is not good or evil. Love of money is. But the money itself is neither good nor evil. It's just, it just is. Trust is like that. Trust can be in God or it can be in other things. So how do you know? How do you know what you trust in or who you trust in? How do you know? People are going to find out. Everybody is going to find out where their trust lies, where it sits. Because we know from Scripture that there are things coming. We have spoken about it uh, before. We have spoken about those verses that, that, that talk about everything is going to be shaken. Everything is going to be shaken. What does that look like? Have you thought about what that looks like? If everything is shaken, if every um, entity, if every organisation, if, if every government, if every church is shaken. What does that look like? It depends how hard it shakes, I suppose. I think I was speaking about that recently in an earthquake. 
you know, if it's a, if it's a tremor, well, well, you know, things on the mantelpiece might shake. If it's if it's something that's a, a, a little bit more significant, you know, we get we get the pictures fall off the wall. But if it's a major, major, major shaking, the structure of whatever that is disintegrates. Buildings fall down. And then things need to be rebuilt because what was there is no longer there. So in major earthquakes, you get complete destruction unless the building has been made to withstand that sort of a shaking. God is putting within his church by his word through his spirit or the other way around. The word and the spirit working together. He's putting that foundation in so that when everything is shaking, when things are falling apart all around us, we will stand because of the foundation that has been put within so you will discover who or what you trust in when troubles come. Now, <laughs> you can't talk about that without talking about these couple of strict scriptures and you say, well, don't go there. <laughs> I'm going there. First Peter chapter 4. Peter writes, Beloved, do not think it strange. Concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing had happened to you. Now, we all go through trials. We all go through stuff. And, you know, there's, there's people that have been through stuff over the last number of years. And you think, wow, didn't enjoy that. Where that come from? Do not think it's strange, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. There's something that God is establishing in his church that when all hell breaks loose, we will live in the in a in a level of joy which is incomprehensible, naturally incomprehensible, and it is the glory of the Lord. It is so linked. But rejoice to the extent that you may be, take, be partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may be glad with exceeding joy. You don't get the joy without the glory. You don't get the glory without his presence. You don't get the presence without pushing in to his presence, being hungry for his presence, hungry to be filled with the righteousness of God. God is establishing through that process his people. Well, God, could we not do it this way, please? Please, could we not do it this way? Jesus was in the garden. And he said to his father, <laughs> I'm paraphrasing, is there another way that we could do this? <laughs> but not my will be done but yours. When it says that 
that Jesus experienced everything common to mankind. He meant everything. Everything. <laughs> I think sometimes, Lord, can we do this another way? Hmm. Hallelujah. Of course, the, the one that goes with this is James chapter 1. We've read this one a few times over the last little while, haven't we? My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Yeah, great. Thank you. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking Nothing. That's where God wants to take us. That's where God wants to take his church. Perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Lacking nothing. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm going to read that out of the Passion Translation. James chapter 1. My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy you can. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you to endure all things. And then, as as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. How good is that? Nothing missing, nothing lacking. And this, uh, this version uses the word faith. Faith, conviction of truth. It's a reliance on, on Christ for salvation. It's an assurance. It's the title deed it talks about. The title deed. Now, what's a title deed? What's a title deed? Well, if it's a, if it's a house, it's a, it's a piece of paper... And, um, and I meant to bring one this morning. It's a title deed. Um, I actually, with our, you know, we've got a self-managed super fund and that sort of thing. We've got, we've got a house. I've never, I've never seen the house. I've actually never seen it. But I have a title deed. What's that mean? That thing that I've never seen, never actually seen with my eyes, is mine. It belongs to me. Faith is the title deed of everything that God has promised. Have you seen heaven? Well, I haven't been there. That's, our, that's promised to us. 
and we have the title deed in the word of God. Do we trust that? Do we trust what God says? <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, it's all right to say, you know, that that because that, um, the word says that the trials that we go through are producing something. That's what it says. They are produ- God is producing through that a trust, a confidence, a faith in Him that will be unshakable, so that when everything shakes, we stand. And when we stand, when everything else is falling apart, do you think that will be noticed? God is not finished. There's going to be that shaking. God is not finished with the people who've had the foundations shaken from underneath them. But they, those people will, will see, hey, you're not affected by what's happening. You don't seem to be in fear. You actually, you actually, why are you happy? What, what's going on there? What have you got that I haven't got? Tell me about it. <laughs> you know, some of us have noticed just, just, just in the last little while, we've got people coming to us and saying, can you tell me about? I want to know something about. What, 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 we were talking at, at men's group about our, our sphere of influence. Everybody in the room has a sphere of influence. What's it mean? It's the people that you come in contact with. The potential to influence people that you have relationship or, 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 or have anything to do with is there. We need to take it up. How do you do that? Do you just sort of, you know, go and beat somebody over, you know? Don't do that. Don't do that. It's the goodness of God that leads a person to repentance. It's the love of God. You love people. But they're mean to me and they say all nasty things. Love them. (laughs) We heard a little bit about that last night. Love them. Love them out of their place of death and bring them into life. But I don't want to. Well, lay down your will (laughs) to the will of the Father because he loves them and he wants to show his love through you to them. But I don't want to. Well, that's that's our choice, isn't it? That's our choice. (laughs) Mm. So, First Corinthians. Turn there, please. First Corinthians, uh, chapter ten. If you have your Bibles, I will be reading out of the Passion with this scripture. First Corinthians, chapter ten. Because there's hard stuff. There is hard stuff. 
1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. We all experience times of testing, which is normal for every human being. And we know that. If you've got life, you've got issues. Nobody, nobody escapes. Nobody escapes the hurt that is in this world because the world is broken. It is a broken world. It's based on broken systems. The world is. God is building his church to heal the brokenhearted and set the captives free. So we all experience times of testing, which is normal for every human being. But <laughs> God will be faithful to you. He will screen and filter the severity, nature and timing of every test or trial you face so that you can bear it. And someone might say, well, I've gone through some stuff and oh, it was so hard. You're still here. You're here. <laughs> and each test is an opportunity to trust him more. For along with every trial, God has provided for you a way of escape that will bring you out of it victoriously. There's a promise. He will not put on you, the, the um, New King James Version is more along these lines, he will not put on you more than you can bear. That word bear is to bear from underneath. What's it talking about? It's talking about a foundation. It's a foundation. If the foundation is there, yeah, stuff, stuff comes. We were talking about that a couple of weeks ago. Um, that wonderful, wonderful parable of the, of the two houses that Jesus spoke. The wise man built his house upon the rock. And the rains came down, floods came up. You used to sing that to me. Rains came down as the floods came up. Rains came down as the floods came up. Rains came down as the floods came up and the house on the rock stood firm. <laughs> the stuff will come, but if our foundation is secure, our foundation is solid, bring it on. What's the worst that could happen? Well, I could die. Okay. <laughs> Are we there yet? Stephen spoke the truth to a large crowd of very angry people. And they dragged him out of the city and they stoned him. <laughs> he did not love his life to the death. And even far beyond that, he said, Father, do not, do not charge this sin against them. <laughs> They're stoning him. 
I don't, I don't think any of us have experienced quite that level of <laughs> persecution <laughs> to this point. Hmm. Now with that parable of the wise man build his house upon the rock, Jesus was saying, if someone hears these words of mine and does them, he will be like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. So if I do nothing with what I hear, what will bear me up from underneath when everything goes to mud? There's probably another word that's often used there, but I won't... Yeah, no, it's not. No, mud, mud will do. <laughs> I see some smiles and we know what we're talking about there. There is a responsibility on us, each and every one of us. I'm talking to me. There is a responsibility on me from what I hear in the word of God to put my trust in that. And if he says go do, I need to go do. I need to do what he says. And we will do what he says if we trust in what he says. We will do what he says if we trust what he says. We can hear it, but if we don't trust, we won't do Yeah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to finish off with a, a verse. It's um, 3 John chapter 2. And I want you to hear this. In, the, in relation to what we've been talking about, and that is trust. Do we trust in what, what God says? Despite the opposition, despite the shaking, despite the whatever. Um, did I say third, John? Okay. Oh, no, verse 2. Sorry. Yep. Beloved friend, I pray that you are prospering in every way and that you continually enjoy good health just as your soul is prospering. Now, um, we've, we've read that often out of the New King James. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Same same content. Is that this is the this is the apostle John? <laughs> Do you think his theology was okay? Do you think he had a close enough relationship that when he prayed something, that he was praying the will of God? Okay. Is God a respecter of persons? 
God is no respecter of persons. That's what Scripture says. So when John prays this for Gaius, over Gaius, John is praying God's will, and God's will is consistent. Another verse says that God delights in the prosperity of his people. So, beloved friend, I pray that you are prospering in every way. That word prospering means to help on the road, succeed in reaching, and also to succeed in business affairs. That's from the original language. That's the definition. That sounds good. Beloved friend, I pray that you are prospering in every way and you are continually and that you continually enjoy good health. Um, that word health from the Greek. Be well in body, be safe and sound and be whole. Now, do we experience that all the time? No. We don't. And you say, well, that's a contradiction. Well, there's lots of contradictions. That's God's will. And if we were in heaven right now, there's no opposition to his will. There is here. There is here. What do we trust in? Do we trust in what God says? Do we trust that God's heart is for us to prosper in all things? Do we trust that God's will is for us to be in good health? Now, look, there are certain things that we can do, and, and that gets right back to that gets right back to that uh, verse in Proverbs three five. Trust in the Lord completely, and do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on Him to guide you, and He will lead you in every decision you make. As we grow into that, there is there, the results will be. What God says. But sometimes we, we make poor decisions. Sometimes we might neglect to wash our hands um, and get a tummy bug or whatever causes it. It's what it is. Beloved friend, I pray that you are prospering in every way and that you continually enjoy good health just as your soul prospers. And our soul is our mind, our will and our emotions. And that's where God is doing that work to bring us into that, 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 that realm of absolute, undivided, complete trust. In what he says. Our mind is what we think. Our will is what we want. And our emotions is what we feel. So. Hallelujah. Let's be ones. That allow God. To put that foundation. Within us. Because there is stuff. Still coming. You think we've got, you know, we've had it, we've, gee, it's been hard the last couple of years. 
There's been a shaking. Nothing to what's coming. Now, I don't say that, I don't say that to, to create any sort of fear. Any sort of fear comes from the evil one. You hear something and you get a fear response. You say, oh, oh no. No. So I could say something. If you've got a fear response to something I say, you are not hearing it from the... You're not hearing it from where it's coming from. When I say there's stuff coming, I believe that's, that, 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 that's a fact from the shaking that, that God says is going to happen. And you can see things that are shaking and about to fall apart. But the foundation... And the foundation is him, and that's what will hold us through any shaking that's coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father. Lord, you know all things, and you can see the end from the beginning. Lord, you know how all of this is going to go. And Lord, you know the plans that you have for us. Plans to prosper us, not to harm us. And Father, we just thank you that our, our, our foundation is you. And Lord, as we allow you to continue to put that foundation within our life, we know, Lord, that we will stand and, Lord, we will be able to stand for you, Lord, and that we will be those beacons of light. We will be those ones standing on a hill saying, come this way. <laughs> this is the way to life. So, Lord, I just thank you for the privilege of being able to work in your kingdom. Lord, the privilege of being able to put our lives in your hand, knowing that we can trust you with everything. And, Lord, that you will not disappoint. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to your name. Glory to your name. We're going to have communion now. So if you need a cup, they are up the back on the sound desk. And thank you, Christo. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence here this morning. In your worship was just so beautiful, Lord. It's just so amazing. I just want to share a little bit with you this morning about old and new. Um, I was watching a TV program the other night, which uh, wasn't golf. It was actually uh, on the Good Channel, Tim. Um, And there's some beautiful Christian programs on there. 
And the particular program, uh, it's called From Acts to Revelation. And the man or the narrator, he's been travelling around the Mediterranean following in the footsteps of Paul. And um, all, the, all the different churches and every, every place where Paul worked, uh, went and worked so many miracles in the spirit and the word of the Lord. And there was one part that um, he was talking about when Paul was back in Jerusalem and Paul ran into some trouble near the temple because um, he had some Greek, Greek people there with him and the Jews got really upset and were very angry. And the narrator mentioned um, that around the temple, on the walls in different places, there were some stone tablets which had a warning um, to, to non-Jewish people or foreigners. And what this warning said is, no foreigner is to enter within the forecourt and the balustrade around the sanctuary. Whoever is caught will have himself to blame for his subsequent death. And I thought, wow, you know, like, no mercy, no love there at all. <laughs> you know, the, the, the temple and Carol and myself, we, we've been and lived and, and worked in Israel and we've been to the Western Wall. We've prayed at the Western Wall. And the Western Wall is a very sacred place for the Jewish people because just on the back of the Western Wall is where they um, believe the holiest of holies is. And... We, we couldn't walk in, we couldn't go into that place without the precious blood of Jesus. And the high priest, he could only go into the holiest of holies one day a year, and that was the, um, on Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. But we have a, f a far greater person who is our high priest now. That is Jesus, our Lord and Saviour. Um, Jesus is the greatest game changer that the world has ever seen he changed absolutely everything he changed all the things that were in the old testament all the prophecies and all the scriptures that were pointing to him what he was going to do on the cross for us so it's just so beautiful to think that jesus could change all of that and open the holiest of holies for us that we could come in in his presence like we did this morning when we're praising and worshipping him. It is just so beautiful. And th there is a scripture I'd like to read this morning. It's from Romans chapter 8, um, verse 15. And it's, I'm, I'm reading from the, the message version. This resurrection life, and I like to say this flame of resurrection life that you have received from God is not timid. It's not grave-tending life. It's adventurously expectant, greeting God with childlike enthusiasm, saying, Father, what's next? God's spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. It witnesses to our spirit. It talks to us in our daily walk, the Holy Spirit, Jesus walking with us. We know who he is and we know who we are, father and children, we're all brothers and sisters. We're all sons and daughters of the Most High God. Bless his beautiful name. So, as Tim was saying, if, when we go through these hard times with him, when we're, when we're certainly going to go through the good times with him as well, and the good times have come from the resurrected Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ, who was a risen Lord that we worship. Hallelujah. 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 
Um, and another thing was coming to me from the Holy Spirit. He was talking about sanctify. How do we become sanctified? It's something that we can never do in our own strength. It's all done through Jesus and the work that he did on the cross with his broken body and his precious blood. And sanctify means to set apart or declare holy, consecrate, free from sin and purify. That's what Jesus did for us on the cross. He's given us that special ability that we can be consecrated, that we can be holy and that we can live with the Holy Spirit and walk in the Holy Spirit. And how do we get sanctified? It's not just through the body and blood of Jesus. It's through his precious word and it's through his Holy Spirit. So thank you, Lord. Um, So now, obviously, it's time to um, do what Jesus said in remembrance of him, his precious body. Oh, Lord, how we thank you for your precious body that was broken for us. Hallelujah, Lord. So perhaps we could stand now and we'll... We'll partake in the precious broken body of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Mm -hmm. When Jesus was on the cross, he didn't say that he was finished. He said, It is finished. Hallelujah, Lord. It is finished. Through your broken body and your precious blood, Lord, we have access to you in so many beautiful ways. Thank you, Lord. Let's just drink of his blood now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, our Father, for sending your beautiful Son. And thank you, Jesus, for being prepared to do the will of the Father and to bless us here today. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah, well, that was pretty good. There's plenty to ponder on that right through. Uh, the the main thing I probably got out of that was that uh, yeah if we try and do it on our own it's sort of it's just not going to happen and the future's pretty bleak. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah with, with that yeah yeah there's there's a few things happening in the church the usual calendar is happening. The little ones are in here tomorrow morning from 9.30. Um, the women are having a get-together at Rhoda's place on Tuesday night. That's a 7.30 start. So if you don't know where that is, better have a chat to Rhoda. Uh, usual church prayer meeting in here, 7.30 on Wednesday night. So yeah, I encourage you to get along to that. That's Some good stuff happens there. Um, Praying for the school in the William Room out there, 9 o'clock Thursday morning, as well as there is a women's meeting in here Thursday morning as well. So 
same. Oh, okay. So that's yep. That's not happening this week. So you can turn up, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, yeah. Come and spend time with Mel and the Lord at Kingdom Youth here on a Friday, straight after school. That's there. Um, yeah, I believe Tim might have something to uh, add to the rest of the announcements, but yeah, mm. just a couple of things. The um, child safe training is going to happen straight after the meeting, so there's some up behind the curtain there. There's some seats that'll only take a short while. 50, yeah. Um, so um, we're having that, uh, trying to tick that one off uh, now, or we will uh, Wednesday. Um, there'll be another opportunity at seven o'clock. But um, if we can get that done now, that'll be great. And the only other one is um, uh, the 25th Friday coming. Um, uh, Corey Turner's going to be at New Nature up. Uh, up View Street and Temperance Hall. That's where they. That's where they meet and gather. Um, that's where Jeff is today. He's down at Newman Church. Um, so Corey is the senior pastor at, at Newman Church. There's some wonderful things happening down there. So um, if you've got an opportunity on Friday night uh, to uh, to be in that meeting, I would be in that meeting. I will be in that meeting because um, we just want to catch what God is doing. Hallelujah. Yep. Glory to God. Yep. Amen. And obviously there's the Danny Silk parenting sessions at 1.30. So hmm. that's probably the end. Uh, yeah. Do whatever happens and uh, go with God. Amen. Amen. Smiles can